You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. I'm Tim Gray, president of the Augustan Institute, and joining me today we have a very special guest, Sister Marie Stella, and uh, from the Sisters of Life, and they have a wonderful house here in Denver. They're also their mother house is in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, we're blessed to have six of them here in Denver. And we have a special topic today. Of course, today is uh, the anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima and the events that happened in Fatima 103 years ago. It's hard to believe that it was that long ago, but what happened in Fatima uh, basically in 1917 was going to be the key revelation, the key date uh, that uh, Our Lady appeared to these three young children who were you know, under the age of 10. And these three young children are given an incredible prophecy, an incredible revelation. And Mary, the Blessed Mother, appears to these three children with a very important message. And of course, the setting for Fatima uh, is going to be, these, these apparitions are going to start on May 13th, uh, 1917, and they're going to last for the next six months. On the 13th day of each of those next six months, Our Lady is going to appear to these children with important messages for the world, not just for these children, not just for what happens to these children in Portugal, because Fatima is a small, humble little town in Portugal. And, uh, and so when you think about that part of you know, the Portugal, which borders Spain right there in Europe, what was happening at that time was the First World War had been raging for a number of years, and it was the greatest slaughter that humanity had seen up until that point. And it was just a very dark, difficult time for the world. And Our Lady comes. And we're going to talk about that message and what it means today, but what it meant back then too in that setting. So we think about World War I, and of course we know World War I will be followed by another, this is the war to end all wars, but unfortunately it didn't. There was another great war that followed. And there was warnings about that that Our Lady gave to the children about repenting and turning to conversion to God so that there wouldn't be war, so that we wouldn't have you know, uh, humanity breaking out with such hatreds and evils. And when we lose God, we lose humanity, we lose peace. And that's going to be one of the messages of Fatima, one of the lessons, I think, of Fatima. But Sister Marie Stellis, you know, let's talk about what happens. But mm-hmm. before we get to Mary first appearing to him in, 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 in that May mm-hmm. of uh, 1917, the year before, an angel appears to them, and mm-hmm. probably St. Michael the Archangel, because mm-hmm. he was the guardian of, fat, of Portugal, right? Mm-hmm. So St. Michael the Archangel, this angel appears to them, preparing them for what's going to be, which they don't know yet, mm-hmm. uh, the apparitions of Our Lady and the Blessed Mother are coming to them. You know, what does the angel kind of reveal to them? What's the purpose of this angel yeah. uh, appearing to these three young children. Yeah, it's very special because we see God's um, care and tenderness in this. Um, he sends an angel to them, and the angel, um, the angel of Portugal, teaches them really to, first of all, to worship God. And then the angel teaches them a prayer. Um, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope in thee, and I love thee. And I ask pardon for all those who do not believe, who do not hope, and who do not love thee. Um, this is such a, a gift, really, because it centers the children right away on the heart of God. Um, they learn um, to bow down and worship before their maker. 
and in that there's a freedom and a joy that comes when we know who we, who created us and we can live out of that reality and so immediately that's where the instruction begins they be, they believe in god and that is really a conversion of their own hearts and once their hearts are converted they can pray for the conversion of others and draw others into that to pray for the world conversion mm -hmm. is really one of the key words here mm -hmm. uh, because conversion is going to be one of the main themes because uh, this is an invitation for the world to conversion but mm -hmm. i love how you said this you know, this simple prayer, but a beautiful prayer, and, and, and just inviting them to adore and worship and love God. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're all made for, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's, we are made to give worship and love to God who loved us and made us, right? Mm -hmm. And so we return that love in worship. And I think what's beautiful about this is that it kind of says something about the simplicity of that prayer. It talks about the simplicity of the audience. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, uh, the angel now, and then later it will be our Blessed Mother, doesn't appear to theologians, mm -hmm. uh, to bishops or priests or religious sisters. It's to simple peasant children mm -hmm. here in Fatima, right? Yeah. What do you, and I, I love the, the angels, in a sense, is giving them a basic catechesis. Yeah, it's really incredible. You see God's chooses the weak things of the world and his love for the weak and the little ones. Um, and I think that's a sign of hope for all of us that um, we, we can have, we're invited, each one of us, our origin and our destiny is the love of God. And each one of us is an invited into a relationship with the Lord. And he seeks us out first. Yeah. I think that's also a great message from this. He mm -hmm. does, and, you know, and, and, and as you said, I mean, think about it. The, the, the problem of the world is so immense right now, mm -hmm. right? You've got the, this first world war raging, and there's no end in sight, uh, the best young, men of all these nations are just being slaughtered. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a slaughterhouse, yeah. what's happening in World War mm -hmm. I. And you think, how is God going to reverse and solve this problem and, and yeah. change the fortunes of humanity? And he chooses three, you know, peasant children who aren't literate, mm -hmm. right? I mean, three peasant children, mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, you have Lucia, who's probably at that time, she's nine, mm -hmm. I believe. And then you have her two cousins, uh, Jacinta and Francesco, and, mm -hmm. and, and Francesco at this point is eight, I believe, and, and uh, uh, Jacinta is probably seven. So, it, you know, you, you don't think, all right, how are we going to change the world? Mm -hmm. And of course, Pope Benedict XV at that time was trying to change the mm -hmm. world. Here is the spiritual leader of, of Christians and of the Catholic Church. He, at that point, he's trying diplomatic means of trying to bring peace, mm -hmm. and his efforts aren't fruitful, are they? What does no, he do? Yeah, it's really amazing. So he, he, he did try diplomatic means, and people it, there was no response. And so he made a plea to the entire world to begin a novena to Our Lady. Um, he asked everyone around the world to pray to Our Mother. And on the eighth day of the novena was May, 18, or May 13th. The eighth day of the novena, God responds and sends his mother to us. Yeah, and so then the Blessed Mother comes and appears to these children. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of had been prepared the year before by the angel who taught them how to pray to God and to love and honor God mm -hmm. and to make sacrifices for conversion. Mm -hmm. And now the Blessed Mother appears to them on May 13th, and, uh, and, and, and it's, the, it's the eighth day, the final day mm -hmm. of this global prayer that the mm -hmm. Pope Benedict uh, the 15th had invited the whole world to. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, Mary is kind of the answer yeah. to the prayers of the church mm -hmm. uh, for help. 
Yeah, right? it's God's so, response in times yeah, of darkness. Yeah. He knows the world was, as you said, aching in need of care and need of love, need to be soothed. And God sends his mother. He's done this throughout history and different times when the world is suffering. He's re, he sends his mother to remind us that we have a God who loves us. We have a God who cares for us and who invites us into a deep relationship through our own conversion and by praying for the souls in the world. You know, part of, let's talk a little bit about what uh, the angel, what the Blessed Mother says to these children mm -hmm. on, this, on this apparition on May 13th, and then it continues in June and July. And uh, before we get to the promise that she's going to have a sign mm -hmm. that's going to validate for the children, because no one's going to believe three young, a nine, eight, and seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. I mean, the world is not going to believe right. that as a credible witness. Mm -hmm. So there'll be, have to be a, a major sign to validate this. But Our Lady, you know, reveals her immaculate heart to them. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and she talks about her immaculate heart. I think that's significant. Mm -hmm. And then what else does, that strikes you yeah. about what, what yeah, the message of Fatima? Yeah, she asks them to pray the rosary every day. Um, this is a gift that our Blessed Mother has given us, the rosary to meditate on the life of Christ. It's such a, a soothing prayer, a prayer that takes us right to the heart of God yeah. and meditate on the mysteries of the life of Christ. And so she asked them to pray the rosary and to pray for sinners, mm -hmm. to pray for the conversion of sinners, because we know there's so many who don't pray for themselves and we can draw them into God by praying for them. Yeah. Well, it's so striking because as the world is spending all of its wealth and capital uh -huh. to build up arms mm -hmm. for this war, to create more weapons, to slaughter more people, Our Lady comes and tells them to pray the rosary and she gives a spiritual weapon, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, all the weapons that each side in World War I are, are mm -hmm. developing, each side develops, you know, planes, each one develops artillery, chemical weapons, I mean, horrific things. And all they do is bring more slaughter to each other and, and, this, and, and there's right. no solution. No human weapon is gonna be the solution. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is Our Lady gives the rosary. Mm -hmm. And this is the spiritual weapon that can bring peace. You know, these other weapons won't bring peace. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and again, I love what you said too, is she called them to conversion, to pray for mm -hmm. sinners, mm -hmm. because at the heart of all conflict is sin, mm -hmm. right? And you know, it's, it's not, oftentimes we get into political machinations. This nation is, is doing this politically and this nation's having to politically react to it, but really, if you want to lift the veil of what really causes conflict, mm -hmm. and it's, it's sin. Mm -hmm. And war is the fruit of sin. War is the fruit of selfishness and of the anger and hatred uh, that develops out of sin. Mm -hmm. And here Our Lady comes to bring peace. Yeah. And she comes to give the means. And so in, in a sense you would think, what can three little children do to end a global world war? Mm -hmm. Well, they pray. Mm -hmm. They pray the rosary, and in a sense, you know, if you if you look at the division of war, it, if we have a spiritual eyes to see, this is the devil and the, and the demons who are bringing about this conflict with humanity, turning humanity in on itself mm -hmm. and against itself, and here these children are armed with weapons that the devils fear far more mm -hmm. than the armaments that are being fired across the lines. Yeah. Right? No, it's amazing because I think Our Lady lifts their hearts higher, lift up your hearts to what's most true, the deepest realities in this world. The fact that God exists, <laughs> that He, the world is contained in Him and His providence, that the world was created out of His love. And so the children are reminded of that truth, that of God's existence and God's fatherly care for the world. Yeah. 
Well, you know, what I want to do is Our Lady's going to give these, these children, because these poor children, they go back and their mothers don't believe them. Right. <laughs> and they think they're crazy. And then at one point they get arrested and, and mm -hmm. the mother tells the jailer, you know, get them to confess that they're lying, mm -hmm. right? Maybe if we can just terrify these children. And of course, what children who are making up a story get put in jail, they don't know how long, and the jailer tells them, confess that you're lying and you're making up the story and we'll let you go. And their parents are telling them, confess. What children hold out if they're making this up, and of course these children are consistent. Yeah, it, it's remarkable their perseverance. It's really unbelievable. You, you see, they're armed with the mighty strength of God in them. They're filled. They're so deeply convicted that this is the truth. Um, they've encountered the Blessed Mother, and they know it, and they're willing to to die for it. Essentially, yeah, uh, they're, it's certainly mm. yeah, they, and and they're happily willing uh, to suffer. Yeah, and uh, it, it's just remarkable their testimony, the children's witness. Well, Our Lady tells them she's going to give a great sign to the mm -hmm. world, and she promises to give the sign so that many will see and believe the message of these simple, humble peasant children. And of course, she promises that will happen on October 13th, so the, the sixth and climactic visit mm -hmm. and apparition of Our Lady. And they're told that they have to go to a particular place, uh, and, and they move there. Now, uh, I want to show a clip from an amazing series that the Augustus was able to do with Father Michael Gately called a series called Divine Mercy, the second greatest story ever told. And I want to show a clip that sets this up, but what's beautiful about what happens uh, at, at, on October 13th is that the word gets out and a crowd of, they estimate, 30 to 100,000, right? So probably even as much as 100,000 people come out from all the cities. And so in the, the, the leading city in, in, in Portugal, and all at this time, atheism, is really spreading in Europe, and mm -hmm. especially amongst the intellectual class. Mm -hmm. And really, the, the media in Portugal is dominated by atheists mm -hmm. who have been, you know, over the last couple months mocking this idea of Our Lady appearing to these peasant children. This is just, and then when there's this idea that there's going to be a great sign, well, now tens of thousands of people, up to a, a crowd of 100,000 people, accompany and go out there with Lucia and Jacinta and Francesco to go out to this place to see this great sign that's been promised. And of course, a lot of the atheists go out there to debunk that this is just this primitive religion that we've got to get rid of in this, in this modern world, and we're going to show that there's no great sign. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what we want to show you is a clip that shows what happened that day uh, with the miracle of it's a rainy day, raining, pouring down rain. And we think, well, this is a great sign. Why is God having mm -hmm. it rain when these children tell all, the, all of Portugal to come out to, this, to see this sign? And yet, in the rain, we're going to see a great sign. But what we do with, with in this episode, and I think this comes from episode 8 of Divine Mercy, so you're going to want to watch the rest of the episode. And it's on form. You can watch it for free. Mm -hmm. But as you look at this episode, we take all the eyewitness accounts that we give you are eyewitness accounts that were recorded in the newspapers. And it was recorded by a lot of atheist reporters who came out there to debunk this and came away converted and repentant. And it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, watch this clip. You're going to be moved by it. And remember that all the testimonies are eyewitness testimonies that have been recorded of what of people who are actually there on October 13th, uh, 1917. So here's the clip. The people who had gathered saw something very different.
As we approached the hillside upon which the appearances were supposed to have taken place, I saw a sea of people. It was a day of incessant drizzle. It was absolutely full of people, but for my part, I felt devoid of any religious feeling. A few moments before the miracle, it stopped raining. Suddenly, the rain ceased, the clouds separated, and I saw a large sun, brighter than the sun. Outside, the people were shouting and weeping and pointing to the sun. One could see the immense multitude turn toward the sun, which appeared free from clouds and in its zenith. When Lucia called out, look at the sun, the whole multitude repeated, attention to the sun, look at the sun. I can hardly find words to describe what followed. It looked like a plaque of dull silver. It might have been an eclipse which was taking place. Then the sun started spinning and shooting streams of light, which changed it to all colors of the rainbow. At the same time, it started getting bigger and bigger in the sky, as though it were falling on the earth. Before the astonished eyes of the crowd, the sun trembled, made sudden incredible movements outside of all cosmic laws. The sun danced according to the typical expression of the people. Everyone was frightened. We all thought it was the end of the world. Near us was an unbeliever who had spent the morning mocking at the simpletons who had gone off to Fatima just to see an ordinary girl. He now seemed to be paralyzed, his eyes fixed on the sun. Suddenly, the sun stopped spinning and returned to its place in the sky. Everyone started shouting, Miracle! This is a miracle! Just then I noticed that both the ground and my clothes were bone dry. People then began to ask each other what they had seen. The great majority admitted to have seen the trembling and the dancing of the sun. There was a man standing with his face turned to the sun. He recited the creed in a loud voice. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. And so, Our Lady truly kept her promise, a miracle for all to see and believe. Well, Mary kept her word, that's for sure. And there was other elements that she revealed to those children, other promises. One of those is that her immaculate heart would triumph in the end. And she tells the children that uh, to pray for the conversion of Russia, <laughs> lest Russia spread her errors throughout the world and the church be persecuted <laughs> and there be great you know, harm that would be done. And of course, at that time, in 1917, Russia is, have, is having great economic struggles, great internal struggles, and Russia is no major power. I mean, we think of Russia now as a major global player, mm -hmm. um, but at that point, Russia just wasn't much of a concern to anybody mm -hmm. uh, politically. And these children hear this, and of course, these are peasant children who don't know how to read at this time. 
And when they hear pray for Russia, what are, what are they thinking, sister? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's quite charming, actually. They thought that Russia was a woman. Um, they had never heard of the country of Russia. And so they began to pray for what they thought was a woman. But anyways, you see over time how um, their prayers have such power. You see the effect, of the power of humble prayers, the sincere prayers, the little offerings we make to God. He can use them to bend history. Yeah. It's actually stunning when you consider it. Yeah, I, I just love that idea that they're, they're thinking that pray for Russia. Well, okay, we're going to pray for you know, Miss Russia, you know, whoever <laughs> she is. And, of course, it's a country, but they're praying right. for her as a, actually she's a woman. And their simplicity reveals uh, you know, from the mouth of babes, right? right? God uses them to be his mouthpiece here uh, to speak. And I think, why does he use these simple children? You know, and I think part of it is, uh, the world at that time is calling for a conversion of sinners. There's, um, there's the innocence of the children, and they become great witnesses of Mary's immaculate heart. Because Mary, and I love, Mary keeps referring to her immaculate heart as she's calling for the conversion of sinners. And why is that? Well, I, again, the problem, the root problem here is sin. And of course, the greatest sinner of all is the devil and the demons, who then work spiritually to entice humanity to follow their rebellion against God and their distrust and dislike of God. And so the devils want us to be sinners and to be enmeshed in sin. And so, uh, and, and the sin that is growing and, and, you know, and embodying culture and civilization at the time, Mary's immaculate heart is praying against the work of the devil. And these innocent children who are being basically catechized are being taught in a sense you know, God has to, in a sense, divinely intervene. He has to send an angel to catechize these children. Because at this point, Portuguese culture is not catechizing these children mm -hmm. uh, very well, right? And that's part of the problem in the world, is that children are being catechized. They don't know God. They don't know the ways of God. And that leads them to falling into the trap of the devil and into the enticement to sin. And Mary, with her immaculate heart, the one who never sinned because she was full of grace and loved God, with her heart above her, above everything in her life. And Mary wants to bring that kind of love. She wants to bring all of humanity, she wants to bring you and I to love God so that we can become immaculate by grace, by the forgiveness of our sins, by the conversion of sinners. And that's part of the beautiful story here is that yet there's bad news that Mary gives that, and the angel tells the children that there's sinners. And mm -hmm. one of the great warnings, one of the things is revealed to these children is a vision of hell, right? Mm -hmm. And you would think, well, again, well, you know, why, why reveal hell uh, to these children? Is, is God trying to scare the hell out of them, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. why reveal hell to these innocent children? Yeah, it was such a moment for them when they, it was terrifying, really. And, yeah. and then they began, they, what really did it, it sparked them on to pray. They became powerful uh, warriors of prayer, um, fasting, of penance. Uh, Francisco used to sit behind in front of the tabernacle for hours just to console Jesus. Jacinta uh, would make many, many sacrifices. They'd give their lunches away to other children. Yeah, yeah. you think about just the little sacrifices they give. And I, I think this is part of the message of Fatima mm -hmm. that the world needs to be reminded of yeah. is the importance of what we call in the Catholic tradition mortification, which is sacrifices that we make in penance, not just for our own sins, but for the sins of others. And so here you have these very th three very innocent children, right? Uh -huh. But like you said, they're giving up their lunches, they're skipping mm -hmm. a meal, mm -hmm. uh, and they're praying for sinners, mm -hmm. right? 
and, and that brings about a spiritual power mm -hmm. that is going to reverse things in the world. And that, that's so powerful, this idea mm -hmm. of sac the rosary uh, and, and giving up sacrifices, making mortifications. You know, if, if, and I just want to reiterate this for people, we need to pray for sinners out in the world. Mm -hmm. But we also need to pray, all of us know today, because the people are falling away from religion. And, you know, if Fatima brought a renewal, we're a hundred years later and there's now, again, we're falling into, you know, people are in the world are falling away from religion and God. Mm -hmm. And we are, again, uh, bearing the fruit of cultural sin where sin becomes accepted mm -hmm. and, you know, and great travail is going to happen to us just as it happened with World War I and World War II if we don't repent and convert. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the message of Fatima. Mm -hmm. There's a witness here. And so the spiritual power of fasting and sacrifices and prayer for mm -hmm. spiritual good because we're in a great spiritual conflict That's right, with yeah. the devil and, and mm -hmm. the, right now the devil's starting to take an upper hand in the world and we have to mm -hmm. fight back. I think uh, this this uh, feast of Our Lady Fatima comes at a great time for us too. We've been in the middle of this pandemic, we're two months into this pandemic and it's our Blessed Mother coming to us reminding us to lift up your hearts. The most important thing in the world is is God yeah. <laughs> in himself and that he invites us into relationship and to pray and to fast and that can change history. And we want these moments that we're living in to live it well, to, for it to change us, for us to be converted. <laughs> yeah, you're so right, sister, because I think right now it's so easy for us to feel uh, as we watch this COVID controversy, like we feel so powerless. Mm -hmm. We feel like we can't do anything. We're waiting. Hopefully, scientists will make a breakthrough and find mm -hmm. a vaccine or a cure. You know, we're waiting for that, but we don't have to wait passively. And what, what, we're, what the lesson of what happened with Fatima is that this is a spiritual warfare going on. And if we can pray and fast and make sacrifices, God will bring a solution, mm -hmm. right? And and of course, the COVID thing, you think of the pandemic right now, there was a pandemic that hit, uh, the Spanish flu hits uh, very hard, especially the following year after this in 1918. It's going to really ravage mm -hmm. uh, in a second wave of that pandemic. And we haven't had a pandemic since then, since the COVID. Mm -hmm. So the COVID is this global pandemic. And it's been over 100 years since we had the Spanish flu, which was a global mm -hmm. pandemic and killed 50 million people worldwide. It was a horrible mm -hmm. pandemic. and. You know, one of the interesting things is um, one of the prophecies that proves, I mean, th this is such a prophetic sign what happened mm -hmm. in Fatima. When you read and study Fatima, you can go into it as a skeptic. You will come out a believer. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the, the two children, Jacinta and Francesco, they're told by Our Lady that they don't have very long to live. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm taking you to heaven soon. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the way Our Lady talks about it. I'm taking you to heaven. So it's mm -hmm. not, sometimes we absolutize death as if, if it's the absolute worst thing. Mm -hmm. But death is the doorway to eternity. Mm -hmm. And that's why conversion is so important because we don't want to die in sin. We want to be converted and repentant so we can be with God in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. And so those two children die in the Spanish flu. Yeah. Right, and, and the very following year, 1918, and, and they had told their mother repeatedly, we're not going to live long, we're going to die. Mm -hmm. Mary's going to take us to heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens, it fulfills it. Mm -hmm. And of course, Lucia is told that she's going to live longer, mm -hmm. you know, uh, much longer than the others. And mm -hmm. she lives to be in her late 90s, mm -hmm. I think 97? Yes, yeah, I think, believe so, yeah. I think it's 97, she lives till 2005, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, which is amazing as a mm -hmm. witness. And of course, she lives as a religious sister. Mm -hmm. She consecrates her life. I mean, again, if these children are making this up, you don't just, 
you know, you don't predict you're going to die and then die right. the next year <laughs> uh, for these two children. And Sister Lu Lucia becomes a sister, a religious mm -hmm. sister, who her whole life is dedicated to witnessing, doing fasting and prayer. Mm -hmm. right? It's really amazing. And I think uh, Francisco, they said, after Our Lady appeared to him, he had such a longing and a desire for heaven. He wanted to be with our Lord, and Jacinta too, she, the same with her. And then Lucia, our, our Lady told her that she needed to learn to read and write so that she could share this message of Fatima with the entire world. So it's, it's really incredible um, what became of these little saints. And I think they're such powerful intercessors for us today, particularly in this, this pandemic. Uh, Jacinta and Francisco can teach us something, how to live it and how to live it well, with a longing and a desire for heaven. Well, and there, there was canonization by St. John Paul II. That's right, yeah. So why don't we just talk briefly, I only have a couple minutes left, but mm -hmm. John Paul was very moved by Fatima yes. and Our Lady of Fatima, and he really believed Our Lady of Fatima saved his life. One of the secrets of Fatima was this idea that Russia would spread the world, and of course that Russia did spread her errors mm -hmm. through communism, mm -hmm. which was very atheistic. But then, you know, the third one was that the Pope would be hurt, and That's the right. Pope John Paul, when he was assassinated, mm -hmm. the assassination attempt on him, he believed he was saved just by, by inches, right? And he, he right. attributed that to Our yeah, Lady and Fatima. It's, it's interesting because Jacinta took on, when she saw that, when Our Lady shared that secret with her, it became her personal prayer to pray for the Holy Father. And it's interesting, when John Paul II eventually went there, he prayed at the tomb of Jacinta, in a way thanking her for her intercession. So John Paul said that one hand shot the bullet while the other hand guided it he knew that he had been saved by Our Lady. In fact, his assassin said, was shocked that he didn't die because he said he had a perfect aim at close range. And when he sh was shot on May 13th, it was, it was very clear that he should have died. But yeah, it was Our May Lady's 13th. Mm -hmm. And so he attributed to Our Lady of Fatima mm -hmm. who came on May 13th and who foretold a Pope would suffer and mm -hmm. he was the one who suffered. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a remarkable story. And if you want to get the whole story, Go back and watch Divine Mercy, the second greatest story ever told. Mm -hmm. It's on forms. And go back to episode eight. If you just want to dive right into the heart of that matter, the heart of that story, go back to episode eight. And I think right now for the world today, the message of Fatima is important because it shows through the prophecies being fulfilled, the signs being fulfilled, that God is real. And just like in the time of 1917, the world today faces great uh, struggle where we are giving up God, we are giving up religion, we are giving up faith, and we are falling deeply into sin, and we need conversion. And the way we approach this, the way we are to fight this right now, my friends, is through prayer. Take up the rosary every day. Trust Our Lady. Pray to her Immaculate Heart to triumph. You know, she brought the end of uh, the, the errors of Russia nonviolently, and we need to pray. If we want to avoid violence and war, which is always the fruit of sin, we need to repent. And so there's great hope in the spiritual weapons Our Lady has given us. And Our Lady of Fatima, pray to her today. God bless you. You can watch these interviews in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, e-books, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.